Get the net, brother. Get the net, brother. Oh, come on, son of a Okay. 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 All right. I got it. I'm gonna try to keep her down. All right. Okay, I gotta kind of turn her around. She's okay. Coming your way. Yeah. Facing the wrong way. Hold on. Yeah. Still facing the wrong way. Okay. I don't. I don't. I just don't. I. I don't want to let any any slack on. She's not ready. Okay. Holy He's up good. Yeah. Holy dude. Oh my god, dude. What's up, Yens, guys? Welcome back to Fishing PA with Ryan Reed. Guys, in this episode, we're going to continue on and we're going to do another video cast. And tonight, our guest is going to be Mr. Owen Seaman and Big O's Bucktails. So tonight, we're going to have Tom PA Monsters Venata on, as well as Nick Fiesler, another local fisherman, to kind of help give you guys that local fisherman perspective. Guys, Bucktails, they're a huge deal. You guys know they catch muskies all across the muskie range, all across the country. Now, one thing I will say is I feel personally that bucktails are underutilized here in the state of Pennsylvania, particularly with the method when you start talking trolling. So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to talk to Owen. We're going to talk Big O's bucktails. We're going to talk how Owen got started muskie fishing. We're going to talk about how he got started making baits. He's got a very interesting story. Um, it's really awesome. He's not doing this for full time as a job. He's doing it as a hobby for fun, creating musky lures that really just catch fish. So that's what we're going to do in this episode tonight, guys. We're going to talk big O's bucktails. We're going to talk all kinds of stuff, blades, skirts. We're going to talk configurations. We're going to give some tips and tricks at the end and hopefully talk about our favorite big O's bucktails. All right, guys. Hopefully you guys enjoy this video cast. All right. What is up, Yins guys? What's up, uh, Yins guys? What, welcome to the Musky Hunks <laughs> podcast. <laughs> All right. On tonight, we got Mr. Nick Big Trawler Fiesler. We've got Tom, Pennsylvania Monsters Venata. And we got Owen, the Big O Bucktails Seaman. All right, boys. So what are we talking about tonight? We are talking strictly Big O's bucktails and bucktails in general. We want to do some tips and tricks, maybe try to help some people out. I think we've been talking about doing this for a while. I don't know. You guys correct me if I'm wrong, but pretty exciting. Yep. No, we haven't. I'm fired up right now. <laughs> the Mountain Dew. Let's do it. All right. So basically where I want to start you know, is I want to talk big O's. So Owen, you've got this story and this is what we want to start off and highlight. So, you know, we, we talk, we talk about bucktails in Western PA. I know a lot of guys throw bucktails. 
Um, I think when I initially started musky fishing, bucktails were kind of this like Canadian shield thing to me. Um, it was like big water, big bucktails, big blades, burning them. Sometimes you look at these baits and you can get confused really fast because there's so many different scenarios that you can use a bait like a bucktail. So, so Owen, why don't you, why don't you tell us a little bit about when you started musky fishing, how you got into musky fishing and, you know, really tell us the story, how you got into making baits. Well, you know, first off, you know, I, I'm sure like a lot of us, you know, I can thank my dad for, for getting me into fishing period. You know, uh, he's, I remember from, I was a little kid and he was taking me carp fishing in the creeks. And uh, I remember, you know, fishing on the barges down in the river, you know, when I'm seven, eight years old and we didn't do it every weekend. We didn't do, you know, but those were experiences that my dad, my dad gave me. And so, you know, I grew up fishing, but I grew up fishing locally. Uh, but I, my dad also did something very special you know, that, that I think really changed me as a person. And that was started taking me to Canada on canoe trips. Like I've, like I, I've never, my dad called, uh, uh, motorboats stink boats. Okay. He's a canoeer. He canoes, he hates boats. I mean, hates motorboats. He thinks they are just the, the scourge of, of humanity because they just damage the, the, uh, the environment. He is an absolute traditionalist. Okay. So I was raised that, that those were out my outdoor experiences. So I wasn't raised musky fishing, you know, I wasn't raised with a boat and trolling and or casting or any of that. I was raised like with my dad taking me out in a canoe and with a little spinning rod. And I remember hooking into a giant carp up on the Allegheny one time. And I remember it took me like 20 minutes to get that thing in. It probably only took me three minutes, but you know, as a kid, I just remember that like it was, like it was yesterday. I started fishing as long as I can remember. But in terms of musky fishing, uh, I know you guys, we've spent a little bit of time at, at, at the lake where we're, I don't know if we should name it or not, but uh, it's a small Northwest Pennsylvania lake and, you know, secret. <laughs> uh, but my family vacationed there. And, and so as a kid, I was always out on that lake and we were, we caught bass, we caught everything else. My dad always told me about muskie being in that lake. And it's like, you know, it's like the Loch Ness monster, you know, it really is like, I didn't, I had never caught one. I had never, never seen one, anything. I'd only seen postcards with muskies on them. Uh, until it was like 2008 or 2009, I was paddling my dad's canoe across Canadota Lake. Oh, there you go. <clears throat> Canadota Lake. Spoiler alert. <laughs> and uh, I'm paddling the canoe and I decide I'm just going to, I put a, a spinning rod off the side and with a, like a, I think it was a Meps musky killer or something like that. You know, a single bladed, a single bladed bucktail, so to speak. And I'm just trolling it and boom, something hits it. And I end up catching about, I don't know, maybe a 36, 38 inch musky. But, you know, as a kid who had always fished on that lake and, and this happened just, you know, in 2008 or 2009, you know, I, I, it, it kind of opened my eyes like, holy cow, like these fish are here. And right around that time, I, my son, yeah, 2009 was my youngest was born. And I remember that was like when I was really, really into the hunt for big fish with Larry Dahlberg. 
Yes. Because I th- what what was the station we had then? Was it versus? Like we oh, it was it was channel? the Fox News. It was the Penguins. Whatever channel the FSN. Penguins were on. Oh. Yeah. It was one of the predecessors to that, and it carried the Hunt for Big Fish with Larry Dauber. And man, I remember sitting there with my son, like you know, it's my firstborn, and we're all I'm doing is watching Larry Dahlberg on Sunday mornings. And it, it, it just like, I remember my wife thought I was insane because one time we went to Cabela's and I didn't have any musky gear. I didn't have, I didn't, you know, I had like regular fishing stuff. Well, I bought a Shimano Corrado, Corrado uh, 301 DSV at Cabela's. And this is, and it was like $225 reel back then, you know, and my wife thought I was absolutely out of my mind, but like, it was kind of, it was the only reason I bought it was because I watched Larry Dahlberg using it, you know? And, you know, it's just kind of like musky fishing has just kind of been this thing that has, has consistently and gradually built on me or in me, so to speak. I think all of us have watched, grew up watching Larry Dahlberg. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and, and, and he's a big, he's a big part of why I, why I got started doing this, you know, it's because I watched him making the Mr. Wiggly's, you know, we've been, we've been texting about Mr. Wiggly's over the past couple of weeks, uh, you know, and it's true. It's like those videos made me think, holy, <laughs> I can make something in my basement that can not only catch a fish, but can catch like literally the fish that everyone says, hey, if I could catch one fish in my life, it would be a muskie, it would be a big muskie. And then to, to think like, here's this guy on TV on Sunday mornings, like literally telling you how you can do this stuff. And you think back then, I'm, you know, I'm 43 now. So I'm, you know, I was in my early thirties. I'm like, holy cow, how, you know, why didn't I know this before? And I don't know. I mean, it's, it's just been, it was an eye opening thing and, I, and I'm glad for people like my dad and, and, and Larry Dahlberg and people like that who are, who expose kids to, to things like that, because otherwise I would never, never be doing this. And it's not, I mean, this isn't my job for God's sake. <laughs> it's, yeah. Uh, so, so would you say, go back to the, go back to the muskie on the bucktail. So sure. Troll, trolling a buck. So at, at that moment, when you caught that fish, did you instantly have a thought as to like, this is what I want to do. Like, this is what I want to fish for. Um, I knew that was what I wanted to fish for. Uh, but because, and that kind of goes back to uh, an earlier, actually, it was pretty close around that time, to be honest with you. Uh, my dad, one of the things that my dad and I always did was we would go to Canada and we would go on these canoe trips and we would start, we started by going to Algonquin National, uh, Algonquin Provincial Park, which is basically straight north uh, of Toronto. The fishing up there is not, not great. Um, but what you do in those parks is you, you just paddle in and you portage your canoe around and you, you, it's just all you know, you carry your, your fishing rods and your fishing tackle and everything with you. Um, then my dad decided that Algonquin wasn't quite remote enough. So we decided, so he decided to start taking us, taking me to uh, the Boundary Waters, which is in Minnesota, in Ely, Ely, Minnesota, which is about as far away from here as you could possibly imagine, you know, driving. 
I, it's, it, I mean, it's, it's another 20 hours. It's, isn't it? Oh, it's 23 yeah. easily. Uh, and so we would do that with canoes, canoes on my dad's truck. You know, we would go up there and, and where this takes me is how I got into like Pike, you know, Pike just fascinated me because I would run into them when I was in Canada. You know, I was never running into Pike around here. You know, I was never running into, but man, I'm in Canada and holy shit, there's this fish that just is voracious. And it's, it's like, it's, it's amazing. And I had my first experience with a a visual uh, predatory strike, you could say. We were camped on a, on a, uh, at a campsite and it was like on a, on a rocky point. If you've ever been in the Canadian, on the Canadian shield, I mean, you know, like how, how many of these islands, they don't, they don't end in dirt. They end in rock, you know, they end in a rock point. And there was a big bay, you know, our campsite was up on top of a hill and there's a big bay, a little, I shouldn't say, a little bay out to the right. Okay. And it was elevated enough that I could, I could cast out into in basically into that little bay where there's some lily pads and whatnot. And before the trip, I had bought a Rapala uh, subwalk, which I had never fished any type of a jerk bait or glider or anything, but it was, uh, it was all white and it had like the, the, uh, the, Nick, you just showed the bait, the, the rappler with the tail, with, with the hook with the red, yep, had the feathered hook on it. Yep, yep. And I will never forget casting that out into that little bay. And because my dad used to always because anytime we'd get the camp, he'd have to set everything up and I'm out there fishing. And so I see this in, and I, this pike just like looks at it, you know, and I'm like, holy shit. The fish is actually looking at my bait. I think I can see that. And I, I twitched it a couple times, twitched it, and boom, he strikes and got it. And and I man, I was like absolutely one hundred percent hooked with the idea of like, wow, you can actually see these see these animals, you can like target them, you can provoke a strike by doing certain things. I mean, it, it really did. It changed me. Uh, changed my my view of things because from there on out, any trip that my dad wanted to do, I wanted it to be more focused around fishing as opposed to uh, canoeing like he wanted to do. You know the beautiful. Yeah, yeah, nature. I I can, uh, you know, I can uh, I can attest to that, or I can, I think I've had similar experiences in life. I mean, that's the reason why I started musky fishing was was Canadian pike, you know. Yeah getting those follows and seeing those strikes. I mean, that's, that's why I wanted to fish for muskie. So I, I mean, I can, I can fall right in line with you on that. That's uh, that's something that hits home. And another, another like thing of kind of like how muskies were kind of a, I don't know, put into my brain at an early age. I remember my dad shared this like office space with a, with a photographer downtown named Ed Kabancic and Ed Kabancic, he and Ed Kabancic would go to Canada every year on like a guy's trip he and ed and a couple other guys and they would go to what is it the the 10,000 island area uh i don't know exactly i don't know if it was georgian bay or what but ed kabancic got a 48 inch muskie and i remember as a little kid 
my dad walking me into Ed Kabancic's office and taking the muskie off of the wall and putting it up next to me and showing that it was as tall as I was. And, probably look like 30 know, feet long. Oh my God. And actually funny, uh, interesting story is the Ed Kabancic muskie is actually still down on the wall at what's the shop in West Newton? Tackle Package. Unlimited. Oh yeah. Tackle Unlimited. Yep. It used to be right on 51, 51 but now yep. they've, moved, okay. Anna, they've, yeah. they've now moved and it's, it's down in uh, West Newton, but that Mount, that our, that my dad uh, showed me is still is so still up weird. in a, a tackle shop down there. So it's just like muskies have always been kind of part of part of what my dad talked about. But uh, I never my first one the first fish I caught was that one out of my dad's canoe by myself uh, on Canadota. Which by the way, um, you know I hate to say it, but that fish probably died because I didn't really know what I was doing. Um, and I was in a canoe. So what I what I did was I I basically dragged it to uh, I, like I with I didn't unhook it or anything I just kind of paddled oh, you know man. and we we can we can delete this if if that's just completely off but that's the truth I mean and it, and I think about that and I I hate it I don't know if I see guys that are mishandling muskies or doing things you know you have to wonder how much do they really know you know because if it's a guy like if it's one of us by now who we're all enough involved in this whole thing to know they how to handle muskies, if we catch them exactly but back then this... you know i was more worried about getting a couple pictures with it so i wanted to get it back to the dock and i'm gonna get it there i'm in a canoe by myself how am i gonna get it there drag it it's like i i never should have done that ever right. oh that's the thing now i mean this is yeah. a, this is all you I mean, that's the thing. You don't know. I mean, you, this, these are things that you learn over time and we've all made mistakes, you know, with yep. it, and you learn from and Exactly. It's the same yeah. thing you would have done with a pike up in Canada. You know I mean? It's what you know. Yeah. And, and at that point, you know, even shows like Larry Dahlberg and they, there was not like focus on good no. handling. Like you watch, you watch Muskie Hunter, Jim Sarek, uh, you know, any, any, any legitimate, um, <laughs> No, but any legitimate show, you know, they, they focus that, you know, it, just like we do. We focus on taking care of that fish because we, we understand how important they are. But back then, you know, it just not only was it not a focus of, I don't know, I mean, it probably wasn't a focus of the general anglership, but, you know, at least not TV shows. Like now where Jim Sarek and those guys, they'll make a point, like, here's how you're going to handle a muskie, you know, right. and here's the proper way to do it. And you got to uh, hammer that stuff home. Yeah, you do. I mean, I agree with that completely. Don't pull out the bang stick and. No. <laughs> so then that got you into musky. What you got? What got you like going on building the lures and building the bucktails? Well, like I said, my dad. I, all this stuff revolves around my dad because he's my fishing. You know, he's he's been my fishing guy. But my dad turned seventy years old in 2017, and my thing was. I wanted to take him on a trip like he always took me on, you know, like a big trip that was, you know, going to be meaningful, but he's 70 years old. The last thing I want to do is take him up into the middle of uh, Canada and have him die on a canoe trip, you know, where he, where I have him portaging our canoe and carry. So I said, dad, instead of, instead of doing something like that, let's go to Canada and we'll drive 12 hours and we'll go fish for muskie instead 
and we'll do it in a motorboat, in a stink boat, you know, stink boat. Uh, and he agreed. So I found the closest trophy musky water that I could find, according to Jim Sarek. And that was Lake Nipissing, Ontario. And uh, so my dad and I, we, uh, just the two of us, I booked a week in Canada. And I was going, through, like, you know, I have little kids at the time. And, you know, things are crazy in my life. And, and I remember, you know, things were so crazy at a point that I was like, I'm just going to cancel this trip. I'm just going to, like... I know it's for my dad, but it's just like, it's so much, you know, my kids were so young, but I, I decided, look, we're just going to do this. And, and he and I did, and, you know, my 70 year old dad and me, we're, we're in a, a little and 16 foot. Uh, I don't know if it's even, I uh, know it was probably 14 foot, you know, a rental boat at, at a lodge. And we fished, God bless my dad. We fished our for for six days, and we fished every single day. My dad stuck in there. We ended up catching two muskies um, over a five day period, which at the time I was so disappointed with, you know. But looking back on the time that I've spent up there now, it like we actually did. We actually did fairly well, but that's the trip where, where uh, on the last day, I decided that, all right, I'm going to hire, we're going to hire a guide. You know, I'm going to go out and I'm going to, if I'm going to, I've been here a week, I've, I've, I've tested my, my metal, so to speak. And by the way, we were so woefully unprepared. I mean, I had like one, I had my Shimano Corrado 301 and I had like one Abu ambassador millionaire or something like that. And my dad had some, some, I mean, literally a Cabela's special, but with that stuff, we ended up boating two muskies, just the two of us. Um, and it was a, it was a great experience because I got to spend a week on the water with my dad, you know, and then uh, on the last day, I I had met I had met Reagan earlier in the week because he had come to our lodge. Um, I'm going to say Reagan. He's my he's the guy the guy that I ended up hiring for that Friday. Uh, which so we we got there on Saturday when we fished Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and finally Friday was our last day. And I'm like, all right, this is we're going to do this. It was not cheap. And I'm thinking, holy, shit. you know, I, I've the you know this whole trip has cost me a lot of money. I'm like, do I really want to do this for the for the chance that? I mean, really, what are the chances that we're gonna get a fish? I mean, Reagan, Reagan, and, and he's the owner of another lodge. Uh, uh, Reagan told me he was like, look, we I average one fish a a trip, and so that you may not be one of those fish you know what i mean like he, he was pretty upfront about it like lake nipissing is not a numbers water by any stretch of the imagination but it is absolutely a trophy water um and and he was upfront about it and i said okay let's let's go and let's go out and do it by 10 a.m that morning i got a 54 
and yeah it, and it was it was like the most life-changing it was it, you know you want to talk about serendipitous you know there were there were 20 times that I wanted to cancel that trip altogether okay because of my work and because of things in my you know just things that were going on stressors and then my dad and I had fished our asses off in this little dinky boat for for five days on big water and I was I, I I wanted to cancel the guide trip just because it was just so much but something made me not cancel it something made me go through with it and uh that that fish just absolutely 1000 percent lit lit something within me that uh you know has has not come close to going out since <laughs> I mean, a 54-inch muskie will do that. Uh, God, Trent paid for dude, it. Was, yeah. Oh, well, I mean, that dude, you want to know how much that trip cost me? Because I then bought the mount, which is another 1200 The double bite. Man. And, then, and, then, and then you ship it. It, it costs $250 to ship that <laughs> Wisconsin. Yeah. I mean, oh, but I wouldn't. Oh, my God, I'd get another one. In fact, I'm thinking of. Uh, I was. I, I'm thinking of getting one for Reagan for his lodge as a gift because it's like that meaningful of a of a fish, and and I and it's the biggest fish he's ever that's ever you know he's ever gotten guiding. Oh really? Um, oh wow. Oh yeah. And I mean, this is and this is a. Not only was it a 54. I mean, you've seen. I think you guys have yeah, seen pictures beefy. of it. I mean, it, it was it was a, a big 54, and it was just like one of those things where again it was like serendipitous and i think only something like musky fishing can really no one's gonna no one's gonna say that about your about your your biggest bass <laughs> really yeah. oh dude you went someplace and you caught your biggest bass oh awesome <laughs> <laughs> like you go someplace and you catch a fish like that and it's like your life is it's like wow there's 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 like there's more to this than just uh you know just what we're doing here and that's why i know tom busts my balls all the time about how much i love canada but it is it's it, it goes from my dad it, it's not just that fish i mean it's it's from my dad you know it, it, i've been going to canada since i was a little kid and the canadian shield has just kind of always been a part of me um and to then and then to have that fish happen, to have the I-54 happen on the Canadian Shield with my dad, his 70th birthday, you know, I mean. Pretty special. It, it was. And, and it's something that, that uh, you know, when I came home from there, I was like, you know, I'm really going to like just start really spending some time with this stuff. You know, because I, I, didn't, I didn't catch the fish on a bucktail. I caught it on a Shadzilla. Um, and it was a walleye, walleye Shadzilla, and that thing is hanging, hanging in, hanging in Reagan's lodge as a as a memento. So this I still is, remember the when your dad showed me the picture of that fish. That's right. That's a funny he's, story. Yeah. What did he say to you? He's telling me, you know, well, first off, the whole thing was comical, but I won't get into that part. We'll get, uh, he's like, well, no, yeah, no, I mean, tell the, say the story, like how you and I actually kind of met each other through your dad, round, roundabout through my dad. Yeah. yeah. 
because he thought we you might have stolen my stolen my rod. Yeah, we were fishing in your local lake there, and uh, we ended up, we were messing around, trolling something stupid, running. I think we were running a matlock in there, and it's like overcast, almost thunder showers, and we snag up bottom. You know, screwing around, we're like right off of your dock. And had to run the lure retriever down, and finally, you know, shag it out of there. Dad walks out on the dock and was like, "What do you? What did you catch? What did you catch?" You know, and we're like, "Bottom," you know, <laughs> like as, as unexciting as you can. But he was like all excited about it. He's like, "If if if there's a rod, let me know." <laughs> when comes, oh, and lost a rod out there. In the like, same area, like literally a week and a half before that, I lose. <laughs> I have like a six hundred and fifty dollar uh, setup at the bottom of the lake. I got a tranks and a in, in, you know an Abu uh, rod, and my dad. I swear to God, he was like, "I think they got it, and they don't want to. They don't want to tell us." <laughs> Shady guy. <laughs> no, of course so we my look. Dad, so my dad hightails it down to the boat launch. That's what we looked extra. Check you guys out. Yeah, we looked suspicious because it was. You got the shakedown. It was starting to like thunder. We were like, screw it. We snag bottom. That's a sign. Just call it. Like reel everything up after we get on. Well, we already had everything reeled up except the one snagged on the bottom. Let's just head it in. We'll get out of here before we get soaked. And your dad comes buzzing down and like quizzes us. You find a rod, you know. It's like, no, you can look through the boat. It's you know, <laughs> there's nothing in there. And then we get chit chat, and he's like, "Oh yeah, my son got a, you know, 54 inch up in Canada." And I'm, you know, instantly uh, used to work at a sporting goods store, so I'm like, oh, you know, sure, sure, yeah. And then he pulls out his phone, yeah. shows me the picture. I was like, oh, no joke. It's a beefy fish. That thing is beautiful. <laughs> and it's the type of fish that I'll probably never see again in my entire life. It's it's a once in a lifetime type of thing. And I'm 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 lucky. I consider myself incredibly lucky to have had that opportunity. And now I guess I get I get to chase that, you know, is is you know constantly trying to find that bigger fish, which is why, you know, I'm so fascinated with with Canada and Lake Nipissing and the Georgian Bay and these big, big, big fish waters because those fish are really there and they can really be caught. And if you, nervous. Tom's gonna one day, Tom's gonna it. have to get a passport. Oh, yeah, He's gonna, gonna have to leave Allegheny County. A 54 well, is unreal, dude. You're like, that is. That's a Dude, lot. It was, it was unbelievable. I mean, it was un unbelievable. And and so, and that, I mean, obviously, you do something like that, and you're hooked on that place. Okay. And so instead of going back to the same lodge, I had gone to uh, a lodge called Memquisit, which was awesome. But it, I went there because they had the American plan, which is basically they feed you, and I didn't want to cook for my dad the whole week. Um, but now when I go up there, I stay at Reagan's lodge which is Mashkinone's lodge which is up on the west arm of Lake Nipissing and it's like I mean you, you see Jim Sarek go to Lake of the Woods, Lac Sul, 
you know, these giant lakes. I mean, Lake Nipissing in the, in the Georgian Bay, which is a little bit south of that. Although I would classify the Georgian Bay as a much more difficult water. Uh, I've never fished it, but just talking to the guys that fish it. I know Nick has experience fishing it. No um, fish there, totally. stay home. <laughs> uh, yeah. But that whole, that whole area is accessible to us. You know, that whole area of the French, yeah. the French River, you know, that is not far from here. And when, if I got if I got in my car to right now, I could be at Reagan's Lodge in nine hours if I just if I just drove. Yeah. If I got in my car right now, I could be at Muskie in six minutes. We talked a lot about how you got into musky fishing. I want to circle back because I wanted to, I so this fish, this fifty-four inch fish, these trips to Canada. Um, so why isn't why isn't it? Big O Shadzillas. Tell me why you started building bucktails. <laughs> well, that's a very good question. Because when I came back from Canada, I was convinced I was going to start building Shadzillas. And I was, I could, because why, how did I know that? Because I had watched Larry Dahlberg make Mr. Wiggly's. And I'm, I'm like, wait a second, I just caught this gigantic freaking whale of a fish on this stupid rubber thing that, I mean, I had never fished a Shadzilla before. You want to talk about a dummy-proof lure? I mean, you almost can't screw that thing up, which is probably why a guide gave it to me. Like, I don't know if this guy's an idiot or not. Like, here's something that's pretty much idiot-proof. Um, oh, you caught a 54. Mm. Like, uh, you know, it really was. I was pretty much idiot-proof. Uh, and I, I, I came back and I was like, I'm, I can do that. Like that can't be that hard. So I bought all the to, to start, you know, pouring rubber and I bought a bunch of Shadzilla rigs that I was going to, you know, use as my mold. And quite frankly, I just like never got through the prototyping phase of that because I'm just not artistic enough um, sculpturally in, in like designing that. And I still, still have a hard time conceptualizing that type of stuff. But with bucktails, for some reason it was just like i was like wow i can build those and the only other muskies i had ever caught other than the 54 were on bucktails of some sort they weren't on like the double cowgirls or anything like that i had like i said the musky the meps musky killers um marabou type things and i i caught muskies trolling with those and so i knew I knew after having, you know, Larry Dahlberg, you better freaking sponsor this, this little uh, Zoom here because, again, he's the one that introduced me to. He had Brad Hoppy and his wife on and Carrie on one of his shows. And that's where, I, you know, that, that was the first time I had heard of the big double-bladed, you know, bucktails. But so when I wasn't getting anywhere with, with, pouring my own shadzillas or anything like that i started tying bucktail skirts and i started you know uh and i mean they were awful you know like they're just so bad to begin with and you know just butchering everything and uh but that next year i caught a fish on one of my own bucktails and i was like, like there's something to it i we're gonna yeah, stop like right I, there. I, I, I catch the 50, okay go ahead no i this is important okay 
I still have not caught a muskie on a bait I've made. Okay. Okay. A lot of people out there have never caught a fish on a lure that they made. Nick, have you've caught fish on bait you made, correct? No? Because I've seen some bait you made. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure they will catch fish. They look sweet. That's what I need to just run them more, but yeah. I mean, that, so that, okay, so that's the thing, right? I don't run the stuff I make because I have more I confidence in everybody yeah. else's stuff. So, <laughs> I went to talk for, so what does it feel like to catch a muskie on a bait that you made? I mean, anything, anytime you, you set your mind to something months ahead of time and it comes to fruition, you know, at whatever point in the future, it's a pretty satisfying feeling. Um, you couple that and you say, okay, musky fishing is something that is, you know, just challenging to begin with. And to, to say you, you, you can make something that will catch these fish is just amazing. And it, it really is. It is, it, I, I caught my 54 in 2017 and 2018, I went back up to Lake Nipissing and in that trip, I caught four muskies on my own bucktails. So I went from the year before, you know, catching nothing, you know, my dad and I catching, you know, two and then catching one on the Shadzilla to actually catching that next, that next year, a couple of fish on my baits. And that's like really the, the awakening, like, and that's part of why I've always built bigger bucktails, like double tens and double nines. That's like the Canadian stuff. And I learned, and, and I kind of will get into that with, the, you know, with what I'm doing these days of kind of smaller, more of the double eights, because I think more local guys will. Yeah. So, and we'll, I think we'll talk about that in a little bit, but uh, I realized that people here aren't, you're not on Lake Nipissing. You're not on Lac Sewell. You know, fish aren't going to move for a double 10 or, uh, you know, all the time around here. So you've got to have something more to your, your lineup than, than just these gigantic double bladed baits that, uh, you know, it's questionable whether fish want something that big. And it's also questionable whether or not people can cast that, you know, when people ask me if they can buy me buy uh, bucktails, first thing I say is, you know, what's, what, what reel do you have? What rod do you have? Cause I don't want to sell somebody something that they can't throw that like, they're literally going to throw out there and, and be like, Oh, this sucks. You know? Oh man you know it's it's not fun when you can't work a lure a tool the way it is supposed to be worked because every you know a, a bucktail is nothing but a tool just like every other lure that there is out there and if you can't work that tool in the manner that it is is meant to be worked you might as well pick up another tool i agree with that so so continue on then this you're 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 making bucktails you went up to canada you caught four fish and what, so what, I mean, what's next? What, what after that? After that, that's when I was like, okay, this next year, um, I'm really going to actually start, you know, seeing what I can do in terms of building different types of baits, different, different uh, skirt configurations, more feathers, more flash, just kind of seeing what I like and what I don't like to do. And it was in... The next year, September of 2019. So 17, I catch the 54. 18, I go up to Canada and I catch a couple of fish. 19, I go up to Canada. And like, that's right when I finally have a logo. 
and I I'm like I I'm like actually I don't have the stickers on, on my sticker guy hadn't come through it's just, so uh <laughs> you must suck. Um, wow it's so so it was fall of 2019 that I go up to Canada and I fish with Reagan for a week and I catch probably six muskies I catch five of them on my baits. Uh, Reagan catches, I think, three on my baits. We pretty much fish my baits all week. And, you know, we were successful again. And Reagan has, Reagan is using only my bucktails um, now uh, up there. And as, as same with another guide up there by the name of Danny Columbi, who is like a, a local legend. I mean, he's, is, I got, I, I had the pleasure, absolute pleasure of being able to fish with him in 2019 um the last time i was up there uh he came out this because i sent him some bucktails he came out and uh basically fished with me and reagan for for a day and you want to talk about like it's like fishing with we we all listen to these podcasts you know we all listen to these podcasts and why why do we do that it's because we want to learn what these other people know and you're not necessarily looking for to retain like a thousand percent of, of everything that everyone says. You just kind of glean bits and pieces. And if you're not with the people, if you're not with people that you can get those bits and pieces from, then you're not going to get them, you know? And so when I'm, I, I got to fish with a guy like Danny Columbi and it was just like unbelievable to talk to a guy who has spent his life, you know, fishing a trophy water for for these gigantic fish and i mean he's fished with guys he uh, jim sarek anytime jim sarek goes to uh lake nipissing danny columbi is who he fishes with this year oh danny had so many last year danny had so many stories about mike lazarus yeah mike lazarus so you know i mean just to spend a day with a guy like that is is something i i wouldn't have ever had had the opportunity to do if I hadn't made bucktails and sent them to him. You know what I mean? Like it's that stupid. It's that simple. It's like, it's, it's life. Isn't that, that complicated. You know, if you, if you do, if you do things and you, you, you reach out to people and you, you try to, you know, ex, you know, look into every Avenue you can, like things are going to open up for you. And, and, and that's really what, what the bucktails have done for me is just kind of like, I wouldn't have met you guys, you know, it's like, you know, and everyone says like, Oh, 2020 worst year ever. And it, and it has been for me, you know, it's been awful, but it's been a positive because I've, I've been able to meet you guys and, you know, spend, spend an opportunity, you know, spend time talking to other people like-minded uh, about musky fishing and, and the, you know, that are, that are interested in this stuff because I always thought I had to go to Canada. Six minutes down the road. Yeah. Right. I know. No so passport I know. to go down the road. All right. So we're going to flash forward a little bit here to Musky Max 2020, right before the pandemic hit. So we were at Musky Max. Owen, this was your first Musky Max, correct? Absolutely. <laughs> so Musky you know, Max. Show that shine. It comes. Show that off. Look at that. So you get to the end of Musky Max and you're you're better. Uh, dude, it's surprising. Both of us, I assume, because, you know, I, well, I wasn't expecting it. But, you know, Musky Max was such a good experience. You know, just 
meeting everybody and you know just what a good event and i'm so lucky that i'm so happy that we got to do it before the pandemic hit yeah that was like right before too that like was, next it was, oh, dude, it was the it was the, it was week. the weekend before yeah. yeah so you're voted best new exhibitor at musky max and i can remember talking to you you know you and tom were there and you were making bucktails on the fly for people and that was something i know i had not seen that was after. awesome and the fact that anybody could just walk up to your booth and be like, MTO that. And you did it right there at the booth. That was, I mean, that was phenomenal. It's not, it, it's not brain surgery. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't pretend like, I'm, you know, these guys that make, you know, that make the, the trolling baits and all these handcrafted, you know, that, that, that takes a hell of a lot more than what I'm doing. And I'll tell you that to be perfectly honest, like, artistically and whatnot. I was basically saying that it's, you know, you can do that with bucktails. You can't do that with a uh, crankbait or you can't do that with the, you know, uh, a, a baker or a Leo lure. You can't walk up to those and, and say, Hey, I want this exact thing right now where, you know, with a bucktail you can. And while you can't get it perfect, I mean, I, I think I have enough configurations that I can pretty much do just about whatever you want. Um, and, you know, it's, there's no need to charge $80 for things. You know, there's no need to have, you know, you can get a really badass looking like custom made type of thing for about what you're, you know, not much more than you're going to pay for a musky mayhem. You know, if you go to Dick's, Dick's Sporting Goods, um, you know, and it's, it's something that I always thought was pretty cool. They're like, Hey, you can make this very, very, very customizable thing um where blades weights uh beads colors you name it and i always kind of latched on to the idea of you know colors like you can just do whatever you want and and so my thing yeah i mean ryan that's a great example that's one of the ones i did a long time ago that was like the, the perp smoke i think um you know i think there's enough there's enough regular looking in in life like if if you're gonna make something make something that kind of stands out and if if i can make something that stands out i'm going to uh, boy that's that's a, that's an old school one right <laughs> that doesn't even have the, that doesn't even have the o's on it that is so, old not to interrupt Where the sticker before. guy came through this was back in 2019 Okay, so Ryan, that's a good segue into you know that that's when I had the uh, I, I first came to the musky swap uh, to the lure swap, musky zinc. It was it was it was, it was eighteen or nineteen. My I brought and I my daughter came with me and I brought like I don't know fifteen or twenty baits and and you know nobody you know they were all like double tens and ten nines and you know no one's looking for that when you come to the 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 lure swap at musky thing you know but hopefully i know we have uh, we have lure swap coming up here soon and i'm i will be bringing some baits to that and they're you know i'll be bringing smaller baits and you know i'm not looking this isn't i'm not looking to make this into like musky max jr or anything but i'll have some baits if anyone's interested in 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 anything that i have i mean by all means uh, i'll be there i'd love to uh, i mean i really think that that we should try to get more people out to events like that uh with chapter 16 
Muskie's Inc. And I know, Ryan, I, you know, I know you're very involved with that. We're all members. Um, but that's something that, that I think is, is important. And I think the, if anyone out there wants to come to the lure swap, you know, bring all your, you know, toss it all in your car. Come on. Like, let's, let's see. You never know. Somebody might want something that you have that, oh, yeah. that, that you yep. know what I mean? Like you, you never know. And I'll be willing to trade bucktails for, for stuff, you know, let's, let, let's, let's do it. But let's, you know, let's start trying to get out there. And I, I want a, a real hard time with motivation since Musky Max, because right after that, it's like, I mean, I was ready to go right after Musky Max. I was ready to go to the Musky Odyssey in Toronto. And because Reagan has a booth up there and he was like, just bring your and and I was going to do what I could in Toronto. And then everything got canceled. Oh, yeah. So I had all this because I didn't sell a lot at Muskie Max, which I think at the first, at first I was disappointed. But then when I, when I think about it, when I really put things in perspective, like nobody came there looking, looking to buy big O's bucktails. You, you sold know? more than I honestly thought you would go into it. Did you? I and, feel and, like... that's, and that's good. I mean, I, yeah. I, I wasn't sure what to expect. I had yeah. no clue. Um, and you know, I thought, I thought I'd sell a bunch and I sold enough. Like there were, I think, I think what I was most happy about was the interest. You know, how many people stopped at the, uh, stopped at the booth and asked questions. And, you know, Tom, Tom was, did a great job of, you know, cause he's, he's really like the only person who had at that point really fished my bucktails to any, you know, extent that could speak on them. Beat the you know? brakes off them. Yeah. And so Tom was able to say, Hey, look, you know, I've, I've spent time with these, these baits on the water and they'll, they'll hold up and they, they'll catch fish. And so that, I mean, that was kind of like the, it's, it's the kind of the journey. Like I wouldn't be here if I hadn't met Tom through Instagram and, you know, you know, it's just the world's a, a funny place and I'm, I'm, I'm happy that it's worked out the way that it has. Since we were on the topic of that lure swap, maybe go ahead and put the date and stuff up so everybody knows. Maybe someone watching wants oh, to come yeah. out. And... March, uh, March 12th. That Friday. So what I, what I will, you know, what 12th, I will end up having sorry. is I'll end up having a lot of double eights that I've been making simply because I think that if anybody around here is going to be buying bucktails, they're, they're probably going to want something smaller. So... I've been spending a lot of time in the shop here uh, painting blades. So you had some struggles with that, right? It took a while to get that all ironed out. And... Oh yeah, uh, everything everything has been a learning process, and all of it has involved absolute abject failures, and you know, eventually coming out with some minor successes. So that's 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 fun when you have those minor successes. And I usually send you guys a text message like, I got an epoxy that actually works. And, uh, but dude, that's what's fun about this stuff, man, is, is figuring it out. Cause I don't know what the hell I'm doing. You know, when I started doing this stuff, more every day, I didn't have a clue. I didn't have a clue. And so anyone out there that's watching this and like thinks, oh, you know, musky fishing so hard, you know, I could never get involved in it like no i mean like give one of us send one of us a message like give us a call like 
I'd, I'd be more than happy to help someone like say, how do you fish a bucktail? How do you, what do you do with it? What's the purpose of it? Because if I hadn't watched shows like Larry Dahlberg, Larry D, um, you know, I, I wouldn't know what the hell a figure eight is or any of that. I will say the YouTube videos you made on making is awesome. Yeah. Those are you, uh, okay. so many things exactly. that I never thought about what goes into making them, you know? Well, that's interesting. I didn't even know you guys had ever even, even see, like watched those because I, I, Dude, I was, I, I was I subscriber know. number one right here. <laughs> yeah, yes, you were. One, yes, you were. number one. <laughs> um, but I'd like to do more of that. You know, I, uh, I don't know if, if there's much interest in it, but I, I would, especially now that I'm painting more, I'm starting to get back into the painting and uh, just experimenting and again. It's, it's hard to reinvent the wheel, you know, mm -hmm. like there's only so many ways that you can innovate with regard to a, a, a bucktail. I know, you know, Muskie Mayhem is doing the, 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 what is it? The nine, seven trigger in the yeah. detonator. It, yeah. The detonator. Well, I went up there and I, I had taken a bunch of 10 eights and 10 nines and nine eights. And man, that was the only thing I caught fish on. Only that 10 thing. nine that I think you gave me right early on is by far my favorite. I'm telling you, it, it, it's like you fish these staggers, and and then then that made me realize, like, hey, you can you can really customize this. You can really like change the way a lure looks in the water because those blades, those blades, you know, it's all about the pulse that it gives off, you know, and and the the. Uh, the different thump that you can put on there, that might be the difference. You know, you between fishing an eight, double eights in, in a nine eight or throw a 10 eight on there. I remember Reagan thought I was insane because I had 10 eights because I built a couple of 10 eights for the trip. And sure enough, uh, the one day up there, I on our second spot, I catch a fish on a nine eight. Then we fish for the, the, the next 10 hours and don't see a, don't see a fish. We come back to our very last spot of the day and I throw on a 10-8 in this orange, like this bright orange blades and like this orange copper color. And it was like, I had built this 10-8 this just for Lake Nipissin because orange, orange and black is really big up there. So I was like, this is what, and sure enough, I put it on this, uh, on this last spot and it got hammered by one of the most memorable, you know, one of the more memorable fish uh of my life and and that just it just absolutely mangled mangled this bucktail like total right angle i, I i'll you know put the picture up here but um it was it was one of those things again like no it's not a 54 i think it was a 43 no you know definitely not a 54 but it may have been as memorable as as my 54 because of the way that the fish hit and the fact that it's my bait you know and the fact that it's a 10 8 and it's it's like exactly how you draw it up when you think when you when i'm sitting here in my basement you know in the middle of february i'm thinking oh man if i can if i can do a figure eight in canada and catch a musky hole right now and then it happens and it's like man Okay. Suck. 
right, what mo- you got to tell me what I need to talk about what models you make here. You've got we've got so much. There's so many color combos. There's all this other stuff. It makes it all that's anything you want. It's literally a, it's just made it your way. That's actually one of my biggest problems is that I don't have any um, set lines or like you know designs. I'm I'm trying to trying to work on that this year. As you know, yeah, I, I'm really into purple. I love purples. I love greens. I love I love bright flash. So this is what, but this is also what makes this great is you will literally do anything you want. Oh yeah. So I did these the other day and I just absolutely love them. Like, yeah, this is sweet. so, so yeah, actually about- I had a, I had a guy uh, message me on Instagram a couple weeks ago and asked for, he, he ordered four double uh, eights and he didn't want anything like super bright. You know, he, he's fishing uh, more natural natural waters where he, he wasn't looking for the reds and pinks. He asked for something in the in the greenish black range, like more of like a stripe striper ish. Okay. So I ended up doing that. He had he wanted something in a uh, let's see here. In like a uh, a golden shiner, so decided to do that. That's I like that. Yeah. And he wanted something with copper, like more of like kind of like a walleye. So I did that, and I put the white O, like kind of as the white walleye eye. You know what I mean? Like the. Yep. So, you know, it's just an idea of you know he didn't say hey. Here's exactly what I want. He kind of said, "Here, you know, give me. Here's what I'm thinking." And and so far, my understanding, I've sent him pictures, and he loves them. So, you know, it's just the the idea that if you want something, I can make it, and that's important to me because everybody. I mean, what 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 lure do you catch the most fish on? One you're most confident with. Tail. <laughs> the one well no just the one you the one you want to throw the or one that. that you love the one you love throwing the one that you're going to put in the water the most often because mm-hmm. if that bait isn't in the water it's not going to catch a fish so if i can't have someone put on a big o bucktail and say hey it's summertime uh these fish are going to be aggressive i i want a big o bucktail on my on my rod that's the only time I'm going to, you know, people are going to catch fish on them. Like if you don't, if, if people don't have confidence in it, if they think like, Oh, it's not quite the color. It's not, you know, it's, it's not the right weighting. Um, you know, they're not going to have confidence in that. And I want people to, to know like these baits are exactly how I build them exactly how I like them. And that may not be the, the exact way, but I think, I think, I think it is. <laughs> it, it, quite honestly, um, I build them on a on a keel weighted, a three quarter ounce keel weighted uh, coil, and so that keel will basically it keeps the bait, you know, staying up and down, and, you know, vertical in the water, as opposed to getting one that spins. Yes, there you go. Tom's got it right there. So as opposed to it spinning like crazy, where your skirts and everything get all tied up and whatnot that 
keeps everything going straight. They cast miles. I mean, you can cast these things because they're weighted on the end like that. They're going to go ass out. All right. So it's it's a function of, in terms of, you know, what makes a bucktail work is, you know, why do you think a fish, I don't know, I've always wondered, like, why does a fish eat something? You know, why, why does that cause a fish to strike? With glide baits, like Mark King was on, I mean, that's obvious. You know, you have the erratic motion, and it's, it's something like it's a wounded fish, right? Well, what is it about a bucktail? It's not a realistic looking bait. You don't see a fish with metal, with metal blades, and you know, no, it's it's like this crazy like amount of of vibration that it causes, and in something there's something about that that spinner blade that causes a fish to react, and that's what's so fascinating about a bucktail is that it doesn't look like a fish, like so why that you know, who the hell started that? <laughs> you know what I mean, like. Who was like, oh, I'm going to put something that spins and that's going to attract the fish. It, it, it just amazes me. Like, you know, the, the human ingenuity between all of it and, you know, behind all of it. It's, it's crazy to me. You were saying about how it's like hard to reinvent the wheel and stuff. But like there were a couple things that I know you did differently for like the most recent round, like the flex wire. You could probably talk a little bit about that. Like what makes them different than yeah, than regular bucktail? That that really goes back to that 43-inch fish I got uh, on that orange 10-8 bucktail because I had just put it on and caught one fish, and it was absolutely mangled. And, you know, even as a person who tails, I didn't have the, I didn't have the ability to rebuild that bucktail right there on the boat. I, at that time, I didn't have that capability. I don't even know if I would be able to do it today. I mean, it's so if I'm a person spending 30, 40, $50 on a bait, I like the idea that it's not going to get mangled with one fish. Not, and I understand that happens like shit happens. Like it, it can happen even with the, <laughs> the greatest baits, but I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be something that like people expect to happen with my bait. So, you know, and it took me and Tom, you've, you've, you've been playing along with me as I try to get to all this. Mm-hmm. Out. Um, I decided this, this cable. Okay. And it is a one sixteenth inch cable, which is very, which is actually, it's pretty darn thick. It's, it's basically the equivalent of a 0.062 wire. I know I've seen somebody else making bucktails with these, but they're using the, the one thinner, the, the 0.051, which quite frankly, I don't know that I would trust. Um, this thing isn't going anywhere. I mean, I caught, I've caught fish on it since, and it, it's, it's absolutely, <clears throat> quite frankly, it's a better bait. It, it really is. It is just a better bait. And you would think that, Oh, it's gonna it's gonna get uh, all jammed up because the hook's gonna you know come around. You know, you cast this thing; it's going ass out. You know, that thing is not. It, it, I have never I've never gotten this thing fouled up. Now, where we did run into issues was in in significant issues 
was with the clevises because I never really, you know, thought too much about the amount of friction and physics that are involved in, in, in bucktails. Um, you know, I'm thinking, okay, uh, you know, these, I was using these double clevises, which no, I'm not going to show you, but I was using these double clevises last year. And those double clevises were a little bit smaller than, they were one size smaller than these clevises, which are the biggest ones you could possibly buy. All right. So on this wire, the clevises were spinning super fast, you know, just, and then with all that centrifugal force, it's creating so much friction on the wire that it actually burned through the clevises. And so I, and so I remember Reagan actually caught a fish in Canada and he was like, you wouldn't believe it. When it, when we got the fish in the net, the blades fell off of the, of the bucktail. And I'm like, what, what are you talking about? It's because the clevises were failing because there's so much friction caused by the clevises rubbing against this, this cable. But if you, if you, what would, you know, we've tried a couple different iterations of it. And essentially the, the, it, the issue was the double clevis that it was causing so much negative, uh, I guess, negative friction, you know, the pulling away that it was creating friction in the middle on both sides and just burning the <laughs> and just disintegrating it. So I mean, on your traditional was, bucktail, you have like the, like the stiff bucktail that wire is really smooth. And on these flexible ones, it's like a multi-strand abrasive wire. I mean, like you could saw through like a tree trunk with this if you really wanted like that wire right. just back and forth. So it was doing the same thing to that clevis. Exactly. Exactly. And, and I didn't believe it, but, but sure enough, I, I remember I was fishing one and I'm like, what the hell just happened? Like the blades just <laughs> fell off and that, that definitely was definitely was it. But I am uh, I fished these with the new clevises on. I fished these all fall and uh, had no issues whatsoever. And I, I think I think the issue has been solved. And if not, I will work to to find another. another you know, that's what this is all about. It's kind of figuring out what what works and what doesn't. It's not going to be perfect. I don't expect it to be. I think that's, I mean, that's definitely part of building for sure. And I, I think it's interesting that, you know, even with the, you know, with bucktails, crankbaits, no matter what you do, I mean, you're going to run into stuff like that, that you have to adjust on, you know? So, okay. So we're here now, Tom, how many fish have you caught on, on big O's? Muskie? Or yeah. How many muskies have you got? I know you've got a real nice walleye. Probably like 10 or so, maybe a dozen. Give so I'd have to go back and look at pictures. Yeah, I mean you're you're giving these things a workout. You know we're throwing them. Nick, you got one at least one trolling. I got my I tied my biggest Pennsylvania fish on a big O. One of the years on the straight wire. I, I didn't know that. On a big o. Single bladed eight, which I then promptly lost in French Creek. I can I can make sure that gets replaced. Don't worry, Nick. <laughs> so all right, so we've got we've got some big fish. I, I saw a picture, and I'm going to put some pictures up throughout this whole thing. But you know, big pike, big walleye. We've got muskies being caught. I mean, so that was actually a sauger for the for the record. Okay, really? Right. All walleye, but if we're talking sauger, it was a big sauger. It was my biggest sauger I've ever caught on the little double weight flexies. Actually, I thought I had a little baby muskie or something, and I'm like, oh my god, it's like a trophy sauger. 
I don't know that I've ever caught a sauger. Yeah, so sauger will eat a bucktail. Yeah, I mean, okay, so I mean, this is like this is solid foundational stuff here. I mean, you've got you've got guys out there throwing baits. You've got people, you know, investing in baits. You're got sweatshirt. You got swag going. I mean, this is we're at we're at a point now where you're. I mean, this is a big. We're ready to take off. We're ready to explode here, Ryan. He's bonafide. We are ready to take off, like like GameStop. But, I mean, this is it. Wow. <laughs> but this, I mean, this is a huge difference. Moon, baby. You know, hold the line. <laughs> you go, go back to the canoe with your dad, and now you're here. I mean, this is great. This is crazy. Oh, awesome it's, story. it's awesome. Uh, you know what? It's It's been awesome because my dad has, as he's gotten older, he's realized, like, all right, I'm just going to let him do what he wants. Like, he's, we still have canoes at the lake, and he, he I mean, my dad built canoes like he built built cedar strip canoes and then he built his own goddamn airplane like literally built an airplane he still flies it to this day um and it's it's a two-seater it's a real like this isn't like oh a joke airplane like it is faa approved he built it himself from scratch so me hiding in my shop comes naturally like you know my dad i my dad was the same way he was, he had hobbies. I always saw him having hobbies. He always kept himself busy. And I think that's, that's something that as a dad or as a, as a, any type of human, like you, I have a very stressful job and, and if I don't, I don't need this to stress me out. This is my, this is how I relax. You know what I mean? Like, so I come down here, I, 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 I want to relax. Just like I, I could tell my dad did that when I was a kid. And he ended up building his own airplane. So if Big O's Bucktails becomes, you know, one one iota of my dad building an airplane, then I I, I consider myself a success in that in that regard. Big O's Air Taxi Service. <laughs> oh, don't he'll he'll take you for a ride if you want one, Nick. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm in. Wow. I'm to Canada. He will. <laughs> All right. So well, I'm Go ahead, Tom. I was going to say, I know you love the whole, just from knowing you, you love your five-year plan, whether it be how to get the next boat or where you want to be with your career. So what's the five-year plan for Big O's Bucktails? Where's that going to be in five years? Honestly, um, I don't really expect a ton out of Big O's Bucktails in terms of like, uh, this is never going to be my job. This is never going to be a way that I, I make a living. This is always going to be something I do for fun. And whatever that does for me, if it can open up a couple of doors, to fish with people, to, to fish in places that I wouldn't normally have had the opportunity to fish with people that I wouldn't normally have had the opportunity to fish with. Those are the things that, that I think Big O's can do for me over the next five years. Um, I'd like to, to, you know, to, to start going to shows in Canada and start going to shows a little further away just to, you know, just to spread the Big O's love, you know, it's, let's get it all out there. Um, it's, again, it's never going to be my job. It's, it's always going to be something fun. And the day that I don't have fun doing this is the day that I, 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 that's it. You know, I can, I, I I can go buy, I can go buy bucktail someplace else if this is fun to me. I mean, that's, that's a beautiful thing about this. You know, some of these guys are making baits to, to make a living and that's when it starts getting stressful. 
you know, and that's and that is it, it, it is anytime you decide to make a, your hobby your profession, all of a sudden it's not your hobby anymore. I want to in the next five years, I want to be able to say, hey, big O's bucktails have gone and, and caught fish uh, all over. You know, gone to possibly Lake of the Woods someday. Go up to Lac Sewell. Go up to go up to Eagle Lake. You know, go to these places. Maybe go to uh, go out to St. Lawrence. You know, just it sounds dumb. It, it might be something that, you know, normally maybe I wouldn't necessarily want to go to all these places, but part of me wants to go to those places to say my bait caught a bait uh, caught a muskie there. You know, to say, hey, my baits will caught will catch muskies all across the range in muskie fishing. Uh, you know, north northwestern Ontario down to I want I want to go to Cave Run lake in kentucky you know i'd love to go down there and fish for the same reason like, yeah I, I would do that yeah i mean let's do it let's put the gym boat in man come on <laughs> i give it a shot uh, can you nick can you imagine me and you rolling up on the gym boat i'd do it the uh -huh. <laughs> you, you just pull in next to tony grant and his in his ranger fire big o across oh, the God. bow <laughs> wow Oh, that's great. We're coming for but you. But yeah, it's true. It's it, but that's that's true. I mean, like I want to I want to fish all these places, and hopefully, Big O's is just kind of like an, a way a way to do that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I just had a snowplow drive by. There's like we're getting pounded with snow. Oh, yeah, we're getting right? hammered. Like it, we're, I, I'm getting hammered. Anyway, all right. Well, I want to jump into. You guys need to move further north. There's no. Yeah. When you just when you just have like twelve feet of snow at all times, yeah, oh, it's been like no snow at all this winter. Oh man, we're getting drilled. Um, all right, I get we got to get into some tips here. We are sure. just, just, wait, tip. just all right. So just just uh, just, just uh. As a, a quick aside. <laughs> as a quick aside, some of the things that I'll be I, I will have with me at the uh, Muskie Max. I mean at the uh, Lure Swap. Will be, you know, mask. yeah. I've been painting a bunch of of individual blades. Um, you know, I got all kinds. Of, I'm not going to bring the musky max setup. I'm going to bring probably 20 baits or so. And you know, if anyone wants them, by all means, take a look at them. I'll give them away to, to, for the for a raffle for the uh, musky for the uh, minnow fund. I, I want to give a couple away for that. You know, I, I think. I intend to get more involved with Muskies Inc. Chapter 16 uh, after lear after meeting you guys and you know realizing like that what a good foray into Muskie fishing Muskies Inc. Big Wouldn't have met any of you guys if it wasn't for that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I mean that's that's a huge deal. You know that's I think the club would appreciate that too. And uh, I think guys will, I think guys, you're, you're going to be surprised. They're going to come up and they're going to look and they're, you know, they're going to trade and, and buy them. I mean, these are, these are quality bucktails, you know, that you're making. And the fact that you've got so many different colors, it's, I mean, it's wild, you know, I just caught. What other bucktail can you take and do this with? I mean, that's a, up into your hand, squeeze it as hard as you want. Yeah. It's ready to go. Saves a bunch of and here's what I, I'll, I'll tell I'll tell you. I was worried. I was worried that 
in in a figure eight that they would collapse and they absolutely 1000% don't do that. In fact, I think they perform better in a figure eight in that they actually they, they actually take to the eight and take to the circles better than a big long, like let's say you bought a one of those gigantic, you know, double 10, you know, double skirted solid wire bucktails. I mean, those things are like 12, 14 inches long, you know, you, you, you have a 12, 14 inch long bait and then a 12 inch leader or what, that's what I prefer to use. I mean, you're trying to figure eight to two goddamn feet, you know, that's ridiculous. So yeah. if you have, if you have a more compact bait and, and these things, you know, I, I try not to build them with a ton of room on them because they become, they become part of your line. They do like they, it's, it's like it becomes part of the way the they, they flex. They be, you get a feel for it, and it becomes part of your line. And I'm telling you, I think I think the flexible bait is a. I think it's a better bait. I really do. It's not a gimmick to me. I, uh, I really you were think saying earlier, You were saying earlier how like the stiff bucktails they don't look like anything, but like I mean, yeah, you watch like the underwater footage of like stiff bucktails. They just look like a weird like nothing coming through the water but like you notice when you get these flexible ones in the water they almost have like a swimming dog kind of action exactly i mean you have exactly. like the blade spinning you have the skirt moving and then it kind of does like something like a little like snaky because it's flexible and it almost swims and, itself through and what's what's the thing that like we've all read in in our musky books a thousand times like have your bait tick the top of weeds right like you know like if you can and these bucktails, because they're not straight wire, if they tick something, like they will, they'll give, you know, as opposed to just tearing straight through it. And so these are actually a little bit better. I'm not going to say they're weedless by any stretch of the imagination, but um, they are, I find them to perform better in the weeds because the, the flexible uh, bucktail kind of like, it allows it to kick a little bit, you know? Yep. And, and and I do think it, it, it gives for a more realistic more realistic presentation you get into that figure eight with that with a flexible bucktail man it, it it's pretty man it, 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 these things work they do yeah they do. so all right give me some tips here i want to talk about i want to talk about when you guys throw bucktails you know what is your what is the favorite application of a bucktail when do you guys like throwing these things the most nick you want to start uh i like them especially in the summer like uh, middle of the summer up here just working weed edges and probably one of my favorite things is to if you're with you know casting two people work you know a bucktail and a jerk bait or you know give it as a as a different you know contrasting uh, presentation a lot of times you'll get one to fall in on one and strike on the other vice versa you know yep that's probably my favorite way to work them all right tom what's your favorite application of the bucktail like always uh like in the summer definitely but it, it, a lot of things that people overlook are like night like night fishing with them i mean pop water is not like your only option at night like a bucktail like a double 10 something with a big blade that gives off thump that's a really good night option i've caught a lot of fish at night on those but i'd say in general yeah once the water warms up i mean you're not going to be burning a bucktail in 40 degree water you're going to wait till that water's in the i don't know 60s maybe or there's no rule of thumb, but you're, it's generally a lure where musky got to be a little more aggressive. But when a chase, I look at, I look at 65 degrees 
and yeah. mm-hmm. and and because you're right, you you're not looking. Muskies aren't going to. I mean, no, bucktail's not going to provoke a the violent strike that a jerk bait or a or a glide bait, where you know you, you get a muskie going from a. You can't pause a bucktail to, really. Exactly. You so you've got to have a muskie that is interesting, and that's why I I love to use the bucktails as a search bait. I mean, I, I'll just fan cast, fan cast, fan cast, fan cast. And if I know based on my bus, based on my bucktail casts that there are, that, that I'm seeing fish, if I don't catch fish, if I'm seeing fish, then you can try, then I'll, you know, if you don't have someone else in the boat that, that's throwing a different application, like Nick said, you know, throwing a jerk bait or, uh, you know, rubber, anything, you know, you, that bucktail is going to identify the aggressive fish and you may not catch it, you know, and I fish very heavily uh, pressured waters in terms of boat traffic. And I've found that uh, the deeper that you keep the bait all the way through, like all the way up until your figure eight, the deeper you keep your bait, the better the chances are of you uh, getting a strike and on pressured waters, I've, I've been getting a lot more strikes late, like uh, as if the fish are coming up instead of you, you watch, okay. You watch Doug Wagner, you know, you watch these guys on YouTube and, and, and they see the muskie 30 feet out there and they're like, Oh, fish. And they're like watching it come in, you know, the whole way and you can watch the whole, you know, here in Pennsylvania, that's not happening because the fish are just not they're, they're not going to do that they are they, these fish are buried places you know so if you get a fish to move on a bucktail you may not get that fish to eat you know you may just be getting that fish out of whatever cover that they are currently buried in and in my mind that at least tells me that hey there's muskies there maybe i'm not going to get it with that bucktail today but now I know I'm going to, I'm going to mark a waypoint and I'm going to say, Hey, I can hit this spot with rubber with anything else because I know there's muskies here. And so the bucktail isn't necessarily, you know, it, it for me, it is 100% my, my confidence, confidence bait. If I'm in a spot and I want to catch a fish, I'm going to throw a bucktail because that's what I'm most confident in. All right. I want to talk about color real quick. You do everything. You do every style of skirt you do any blade combination you do a million different colors you're painting blades now um what so standard color what are you guys most confident throwing and why white on white on white that's that's like my if i had one thing it would be a ghost pattern yes i just think it shows up in just about every every water application I think it works in clear water. I think it works in, in stained water. Uh, it's the only the only application I wouldn't use it for is a bright sunny day because I, I always use a flat like a, a, a chrome or nickel bronze blade whenever the sun is really shining. But if I had one bucktail to fish for the rest of my life, it would be a dead white bucktail. Ed White. All right, Tom, what's your color combo? What are you sticking with? I mean, I hate to admit it, but I don't, on a bucktail, I don't know if color matters. I mean, I have a favorite, but do I think it matters? Probably not. It's just like what I like. I agree. It's always been 
a black with one black blade and one chartreuse blade. Ooh. And I like that night fishing. I like it during the day. I mean, I think when I first started musky fishing, actually, the lure that I had my first unbelievable year on was a double cowgirl in that pattern. I think it's called Black Fire. One black, one. So I think that's why it's special to me. But to this day, if I'm night fishing, I'm throwing a black and chartreuse blade. If I'm daytime fishing, I'm usually throwing a ghost or a black and chartreuse. Do I think it matters? I don't know. Will I keep throwing this? Yeah, probably, because I love it. All right, Nick, what's your color? I just like the chartreuse or bright, you know, yellows, oranges on the blades. Just, and that's mostly so I can see it coming, you know. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that's a big, I think that's a big part of it, Nick, is I love to be able to see that bait coming in. Yep. And I've always found like bright white, no matter what, that white always shows up in my eyes. And maybe yep. it might not for somebody else. And I think it's, I think the part of the reason I like the chartreuse so much is because I have confidence in it in other baits, like trolling baits and stuff like that. If I know that works there, then I got, you know, that's a little bit to build off of me a little Absolutely. more when I switch to casting. Mine is one orange blade. The black and orange, the black and orange for me was always a confidence bait. I remember probably the first time I ever moved a fish on a bucktail. We were, uh, I'll just go ahead and name them. We're, we were at Piedmont in Ohio. And uh, there's a specific area that we focus on. I'll just say it. It's the marina. And Honestly, like we were spot coming through. burner, yeah, spot I mean, burner, spot, spot burning, spot burner, Ohio with Ryan Reed. Um, <laughs> but I mean, honestly, it's right off the it's it's right off the launch. I was working a bucktail, and to this day, it was still one of the coolest, uh, I would say, figure eight experiences that I ever had because uh, I was fishing with my buddy Dan. We were out, and I'm bringing this bucktail back. And this fish came around. I can remember like aiding away from the boat, the front of the boat. And the fish came around the front of the boat, turned, went around the front of the boat again, and just followed and kept swiping and kept missing. And I was inexperienced and had no idea what I was doing. And it was one of the coolest things. And I think, you know, that kind of, that was, that was on a black and orange blade, but you know, it was like, it was one of those things that you always remember. Cause that was one of the first fish. I mean, that was the first fish I moved on a bucktail. We went back on that spot later in the, in the day. And I actually hooked a fish, same area, guessing it was the same fish on a, on a top water, which. And that's, and that's, that's the thing that I think bucktail fishing, if you're looking for that visceral musky experience, mm -hmm. you know, there's very few baits that give you that top water, you know, top raider is probably the, the, like the, the equivalent of, of watching a, of, of musky follow your bucktail and aggressively chase it in a figure eight. I mean, you want to talk about like adrenaline pumping, man, there's just nothing like seeing yeah. a, a fish following, following behind your bucktail. But what happens so fast? I mean, with a glider, you're like pop, pop, there's the fish. He's looking at it, pop with a bucktail you're like oh my god here he comes it's all happening so fast oh my god I and with, with rubber with rubber you're like you know you don't know if it's a fish you know you know you already snagged you know with bucktails there's no doubt about it it, it, it happens quick you know all right so hey, I, had a, I had one this summer that was on a i like figured eight 
jerk bait around like six times and it was like the uh-huh. late fall wherever but it was just like, it was like a completely different you know speed scale mm-hmm. well that's Ocean but that's bait. what fascinates me about these fish is that you know they will they're so curious at times um you know they they don't have to like want to eat your bait to follow it like they kind of just sometimes just want to see what the see what's up check with it that out thing. yeah yeah i mean i I've, I've had i've had fish here and in canada you know basically just kind of like go up and like snip snip at the end of a bucktail like you know that that's not that's not an aggressive fish. If a fish wants a bucktail, it's going to eat it. It's going to eat know? it. Mm-hmm. That's that. That's what they say. I mean, they want these. They want the the bait. They're going to get it. You know. Yeah. And, and and if you have a lazy follow, that's clearly not an aggressive fish. You've probably moved a negative fish, which is good. I mean, you if you're moving a fish that isn't otherwise inclined to eat, that means you're doing something right. You know. Um. It, but we've all we've all seen fish that are are inclined to eat and there's nothing that's going to stop them from eating that bucktail or whatever bait you're throwing but we've all had those fish that yeah you can take it or leave it i think that's the one thing that excites me the most is when i can get like change in speed and directions and those lazy follows to get motivated enough to make strikes and that's that's a great great thing to bring up because it with I've found over the past couple of years of fishing so much with bucktails is like changing your speed is so important. I think people just get into the same rhythm of mm. hey I'm gonna bring it in and, and you know you, the cadence and you can't do that. Like you've got like you, you if you if you if you do a quick you know two turns, it is amazing how fast a fish will appear before behind your bait or how fast it will be before like, you know, you get a strike because the fish are looking for that little slight change. And, you know, we've been talking about vibrations and, and what it is about a bucktail that maybe, you know, causes a fish to strike. But if they think that thing's trying to get away from them, like if they think that thing's about to try to about to get away from them, boy, they become a lot more aggressive. And you see yeah. a lot of guys that'll slow down because they want that fish to eat it, you know, but you slow down and boom, that, that muskie, it's amazing how quick they pull off. Um, it's a and, stupid comparison, but I tell people it's like playing with your cat. Like if you just dangle the toy in front of a cat, it just kind of stares back at you. Like, I don't care right. about this toy but right you like, now, but as soon as you take that toy, like around the corner, then that cat's like, okay, where'd it go? I got to go find it. Like same with a muskie, you pull it away from its face. It's like, I don't like that. I'm going to get it. Right. There's that one video. I don't know if I sent it to all you guys, but it's uh, uh, a muskie chasing a duck, like a, a duck lure. And it was like a dude in a kayak or something. That bike yeah, is the same. Duck, yeah. Oh, man. But when he sped that thing up, it was like, mm-hmm. boom. And, and the, the fish, it's, it's amazing how fast those fish will, will move. And the idea, that, the idea that you think you can pull your bait away from a muskie like if you're gonna go too fast, no. that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Like if that muskie wants to eat your bait, there's not, you can, there's zero chance you're gonna pull that thing away from him. So yeah. crank it up, you know, crank that thing. Crank but, it right into the figure eight. You know, it's, it's you, you have to keep the speed going. 
that goes for like any lure. I mean, in musky in nature, say it's chasing down a carp, that carp isn't going to sit there and let the musky eat it. That carp's going to run for its life. It's going to, it's going to make a wake. It's going to make a splash. You're going to notice it and it's going to take off. And that's what you want to recreate with your lure. Make your lure look scared of the musky. And if you notice, you're right, Tom, like you, you, and it's, it's the erratic motion. It's like, if you, it, it just going straight it isn't like, you gotta, you gotta get direction moving, changes. You know? yep. Changing directions. And I've learned that, you know, in my limited time of fishing with rubber is that I, I got, I've gotten very lackadaisical when it comes to, you know, when it, when the bait would come to the boat, but I wasn't being erratic enough and I was just doing these kind of lazy pulls and I'm, you know, and I'm not equating to that to what I would be doing if I was fishing a bucktail. Like, if I'm fishing a bucktail, I've got the plan all the way from the bait 30 feet away from me, 50 feet away from me. I know exactly where I'm going. I have a plan of where my figure eight is going to go. It's either going away from me one way or the other. And because you cannot bring that bait straight into you. So with rubber and other baits, I think I get more into the habit of that bait coming directly back to me mm-hmm. and not making those erratic moves that cause the strikes ryan i think it was us that was fishing uh uh during during musky hunks weekend yep i got a fish that was you know and and, and i admittedly like when i watched the video of of me with a, i think it was with a bulldog i mean i completely like <laughs> i i just like dangled it in front of this fish and there's this fish like sitting under my bait and i'm like i can see it and i'm like right there it is and and i'm like barely moving my bait and when i should have been you know really making an aggressive move Make it to try scared. to get that that fish that was obviously negative at that moment because it wasn't eating um you know i, I didn't do enough to cause that strike uh and, and those are things that man i'm i i, I got a a ton to learn when it comes to everything everything i mean we covered a lot of ground i mean we we we've started we've started at the the young owen through canada and the the (laughs) canoe all the way up through uh winning awards at at musky max and 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 where where we're heading here i mean this is exciting stuff we got where are we heading here i don't know you you tell me i think if I think if people, I think if people like what they're hearing here, I think we should, we should, uh, you know, do this a little more often. Like, let's, let's talk, let's talk about this stuff and let's, let's, let's get people on, on here where we can, we can get their knowledge uh, because I mean it. Like, I view, I view the four of us as all being similar in terms of we all have jobs. Okay. Like none of us have decided we're going to be musky fishermen. Like, no, we're, we're just regular guys that work regular jobs. And, you know, we find time to fish. And if you, if you listen to us and if you, if you follow kind of what we do, maybe you can also catch fish the way that we do, which is not in any large, you know, none of us are, uh, Nick, I think you probably put the most fish in the boat, right? I think I was at 40 last year. See, I mean, that's a pretty nice number. Ryan, what you, where were you at? Oh, man, I'm not talking numbers. I was way less uh, back though. See, uh, but, but honestly, it's not, to me, numbers, Tom, I'm, Tom, what'd you $1, have? $1, Bob. $1. I only, <laughs> $1. Had two, I only had $2 last year, Bob. <laughs> I, I agree. What's the, what, what's the old meme? I want to I do hood rat 
hood rat chicken things with my, my friends. friends. Yeah, I want to do things with my friends. It's odd. I just want to do hood rat hood rat muskie shit with my friends. That's right. <laughs> All right. Where, where where can we find Owen at? Where can we find Big O's? How do we get a hold of uh, On the Insta. Insta is probably the only way. I hate Facebook. Facebook is an absolute freaking cesspool. And I, I want absolutely nothing to do with it. Uh, if you Don't they own Instagram? If you want to find my baits on, on Facebook, you're not going to. Uh, you can find me on Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, unfortunately. But uh, it's, it's just a better forum for me. I also do have a, uh, a YouTube channel, which I haven't posted anything in about a year. But as you guys had mentioned earlier, I have done a couple videos on tying bucktails. And honestly, if there is any interest in that, I mean, leave, follow me, you know, subscribe to me and send me a message and let me know. I will, I'd be happy to, I'd like to maybe do some videos on painting blades and, uh, you know, anything. Like if you want to know how to do something, look, there's no trade secrets here. You know, I'm, I'm again, I'm not, I'm not reinventing the wheel. I'm not, I'm not the, the, the inventor of the double-bladed bucktail or anything like that. I am simply uh, trying to do something that I know works and that I can do well and that I think that I think I can make baits that people will want to throw. And that's that's really what it's about, man. It's like if, if people don't want to throw your bait, it's never going to catch a fish. You don't give yourself enough credit for weight either, because I mean, a lot of people have complaints like, "Oh, my bucktail's not heavy enough. It's light enough. Whatever." If they come up to you, you, you could throw a one ounce sinker on, or a three ounce egg sinker on, or you could you could build any weight bucktail for any depth people do want to fish. Yeah, I mean, my standard bucktail is on that three quarter ounce. Uh, skirt but i i also do like unweighted skirts and then i can add a quarter ounce or a half ounce or whatever you want a heavy bucktail i'll build it you want a lighter bucktail i'll build it you want you want i prefer uh solid solid beads just because i i, I prefer the feel of it i just it feels like a more solid the light ones that's the beauty in it you get whatever you a want a lot of people do because the light yeah. ones the light ones the light ones will sit a little more ass heavy in the water like that and the heavier, the heavier beaded ones will be a more, uh, more even. The, there's more lift because the heavier beads stay up with the with the keel weight. So I mean, it's. it's I told everybody at Musky Max, you might as well get the light bucktail because I mean you can't make a heavier bucktail lighter on the run when you're in the boat. You can't cut the wire part and slide weights off, but you can take a light bucktail and you go to Walmart and get like one of these little dipsy sinker packs. And you could split ring three ounces of weight onto your bucktail if you want, if you really need See, to. So it's here's here's my fear when when you make a bucktail that's too light, the blades give lift. All right, so the blades are in fact imparting lift on the bucktail. Yep. So if you don't have ass weight on that, that's when you're going to get a bucktail that comes up to the surface and all of a sudden is like you know flopping around on the surface that it's not keeping itself down. So. I mean, yes, I, I can I can make anything in whatever weight you want, but I've found that the keel weighted bucktail keeps keeps it at just the right angle that it, it, it you know you don't have that thing bubbling up or popping up. I've got some sixteen ounce egg sinkers. Do you think we can make a five mile an hour bucktail? Y yes, we can. We can make that happen. 
<laughs> wow. You know, that, that, that's probably a tactic that does that is way underutilized in our area because I feel like trolling bucktails. I've caught, I caught two. I caught two fish in Canada trolling bucktails, long lining them. Um, they will catch fish. Like I've caught, I've caught fish. I've caught multiple fish uh, trolling just regular big O's. Um, you know, they're the, the 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 problem with them is they're they're tough in the weeds uh, because of they they really just like gather weeds almost. That's the problem with trolling these things where. Is if you can, and maybe that's something I'm I'm gonna think about in the next, in the future. Is how can I create something that is more trollable in the weeds for guys around here? Because I mean, what's everybody want here? They want they want baits you control. You know, everybody around here trolls. Where I think that if I could make a spinner bait that that will catch fish, I think I could get a lot of guys to to put them in the water here. But it kind of gotta take it one step at a time yeah no, one I of my goals for this year is to try and troll bucktails more to get and again it's the weeds it's it trolling oh, yeah. bucktails is simple you know it's 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 the idea of keeping the weeds off of it and i think using maybe one of uh steve gold's um uh, what, what's his company uh, clip on weights yeah the weight with the big uh the weed oh, with, deflectors yep yeah weed the catchers. deflectors Perfect I was thinking guy. of, I was thinking of putting one of those on, like not super far ahead, but only like twelve inches, yeah, ahead of the bucktail, you know, so that anything that's making its way all the way down to the bucktail, even if that's underwater, and anything that's making it, maybe even something as as like maybe even like a, a nine nine inch, where like if it's right here, that that would disperse the weeds. That's what I think. Almost even just clipping on. Uh a sinker, like a clip-on weight, catch all the weeds. Just it put does, it but then, but then that just like that just like wraps it up in there and just like makes it spin. You know, if if it gets caught on a sinker. Well, I'd um, put it, you know, like ten feet in front. Yeah. Just have a gob of weeds out front. Oh yeah. It's still running true behind. Yeah. That's... See, I'm not. I, I'm not even. I'm not even like trolling capable enough to put something ten feet. I, and I mean that, like, I, I don't even know how I would put something 10 feet ahead of, ahead of a lure. I have no... I, I like, I like the three, I like the three leader personally, but I'm, I'm thinking more of that open water, 12 feet of water on a specific reservoir, about four feet, five feet down. And that, see, uh, that's the thing. If you could keep the weeds off of it, man, these fish will hit them. I'm telling you, dude, I'm telling you. You you get that you get that bait in position. I guarantee you this spinner baits, bucktails will become a big thing around here. Uh, it's there's too much trolling not to. I've seen them work too well in Canada trolling, short line trolling. Uh, Ryan, I know you and I kind of like spent a couple of hours in fall. Like, but tell me that didn't tell me you didn't feel like we were going to catch a fish. Like, I mean, at the time, I felt like we were going to catch a fish. <laughs> Looking back on it. <laughs> no? No, I mean, I, I honestly, like, it, it feels so right when you're doing it. But then, like, months later, I'm like, man, I should, we should have been trolling out. Like, but I mean, I see, 
I, I'm, I see. I'm like, think about where you guys all caught fish. I mean, what, That's like, true. was it, was it outside of the weed line or was it inside the weed line? It was inside weed line. Inside the weed line. And so how do you get your bait inside the weed line? Like you can cast it inside the weed line, but you can't troll it inside the weed line unless you have something that is somewhat weed. I, and I that's, and say, that, that has, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a heavily pressured boat, boat pressured lake. So inside the weed line is inside the boat traffic lane for the most part. Yeah. So it makes sense why they would be buried in there. I will say it was probably a technique that we should do more. And I feel as though that specific bait that we were running was just built for that because it was, there was no weeds. No the deflection weeds. of weeds on those particular spinner baits was amazing. And I feel like if you had a tool like that, you could get up in those weeds a lot better and you could do that. I think at the time I was looking at the baits behind the boat and I was like, these are going to get crushed. Oh, I know. I was thinking like 10, 12 fish day. Like I, it just, it feels so right, but I think you just need to do it. And once you catch a fish that way, it, it only takes yeah, one yeah. fish. Same thing, confidence. And, that's it. And, and that's, that's exactly right. Like my, why I started with bucktails really was because I had caught fish on like trolling a, a stupid spinner bait. You know what I mean? Like I had caught fish on spinner baits. I had never caught a fish on rubber. So it's like, that's my natural confidence bait. And the, the more I... I've never caught a fish on a glider. So this year, like I've talked to Mark King, you know, and I bought baits from Mark King that you had on recently. Awesome dude. Like I want to catch a, I want to catch fish on his baits because I'm, uh, most of the time when I go out there, I'm fishing a bucktail. But now I've met these other guys and I've seen like the amount of work that someone else puts into a bait that means as much to them as my bucktails mean to me. And uh, like, like I'm as confident in my bucktail as like, I know my bucktails will catch fish. Mark knows his gliders will catch fish. I just need to learn how to catch fish on Mark's gliders. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like it's, it's more of a me problem than, a, than anything else. Right. And that's just a time on the water thing. Mm -hmm. So I'm really looking forward to over, the, over this year in particular, um, diversifying my game um, in terms of fishing more than just bucktails. And, and just trying to, you know, become a better all-around fisherman. I, I love Musky that. Fisherman. I feel like diversifying the portfolio is... Yeah. I mean, that is, honestly, we should all be trying to use different types of baits to learn. I mean... Well, that's, that's kind of what musky fishing is. I mean, everyone kind of, I think, starts with one bait that they are particularly... That they know works. You know, and nobody wakes up as a as an expert in fishing a glider or you know, you have to and if I don't get out there and do it, I'm not gonna learn how to do it. You know, so it's all about you gotta put the time in and you gotta do these things. And that's that's part of the beauty of, of this musky fishing thing is the idea that hey, we we have to and we get to go out and spend the time on the water to to do these things. All right, yep. So I got one more question for you guys. To this point, what is your favorite Big O's bucktail? I'd say mine's the, uh, I think it's a 10-9 blades with a silver skirt. Just because it's, it's raised more fish than any other bucktail I've ever thrown. Silver skirt being like Snoop? Yep. Snoop. 
Snoop. It's like a, it's probably this size, like length size, probably a 10, 10 inch long or something like that, 10 or 12 inch long. Yeah, so so more or less my bucktails will go coming from like uh, my double eights are maybe 2.7 to 2.9 ounces. And uh, my my big bucktails are like three to 3.5 to 4 ounces uh, with the double bladed and, and whatnot. That gives you an idea of, of what they weigh. Gotcha. Tom, what's your favorite? I got two that are tied. One that you know, it's the 8-9. I think you call that one the ghost. Yep. So we were talking about the staggered blades. And I think you have the light beads on this one. And I, I like that light bucktail. Just like I said, I can fish this thing in three inches of water. or I can split ring two ounces of weight on it. And I can get this thing down 15 feet and keep it there. And then my yep. other one, this is an older one. I don't know if you still make these a lot. You call it the Lilo. I mean, this thing, you can see the size comparison to the Ghost. It's a lot smaller, but it has that 10, I think it's a 10 blade on it. Yeah, it's a single and, 10. Yeah, and this thing goes nuts. And I mean, it's like a chatterbait underwater. It'll, it'll like shake your brains loose out of your head. I mean, it's just well, because of how small the body is and how big the blade is. It makes that whole body like shake around. And it's a wild that's, on a, that's on a solid, that's on a solid, yeah. solid wire, right? This is the solid, yeah, this is from back in the day, I think. I'd be interested to see how, like, let's let's see how that if I build one like that on on the flexible wire, how it how it behaves. Because I think, like, you know, again, it yeah. just creates more vibration. If, if you're talking about if you're talking about vibration attracting fish, which dating back to the dawn of humanity in attracting fish, vibration has been a part of it. Like, there's, you know. So the more you can change, the more vibration you can add, subtract, little differences. I think all of those little things can 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 go into it, and that's the changing blades, changing weights, changing. You know, it's constantly you can constantly change it. Yep, that's one thing with those that single bladed one. I do like the single blades a lot nicer for like creek fishing around here, just a little easier to get started up and. Yeah, running a little higher and just a little. I don't, I don't know. My, I think honestly, again. I think single bladed. I think single bladed is a very un, uh, I guess, underrated uh, bucktail because we're we're so used to seeing the big double bladed cowgirl, double cowgirls. But that one Ryan's got right there. I mean, dude, those single bladed man. Whew, you see that in the water? It's it's sick, man. And, yep. and they move. They move fast. You want to talk about moving a bait fast? You you can really get those things moving. Where you gotta you gotta really crank those double tens. Like those yep. things, man. You can you can really get them moving, and you can and you, you can, can throw do them all pretty crazy. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yep. So I I have, and I'll just be honest. I have sold every other bucktail I owned except for one that I bought off of Mike Sperry out of Chautauqua Real Outdoors because it is one of a kind it is just absolutely beautiful brown i've sold every other bucktail i had in my arsenal and i am full on big o's but i will tell you this bucktail right here this was the same this was the sister to the one that matt caught that fish on yep. from sb fishing yep and this bait is probably my favorite bucktail of all time. Now, I will say I probably have to talk to you about getting the Clevis upgraded, but 
for as much as I've yeah, thrown yeah. this, there is no damage on this thing. So I don't know if this is the blade. If that's a, if that's a smaller blade. clevis, if that's a smaller clevis, I will upgrade it. Um, I, I, I'd have to take a look at it. But if it's a bigger clevis, it'll probably be good because the friction, what I found was the, the smaller clevises, they have a, a very much thinner um, point between the where the hole is bore out in the last meat in the, the left exactly yep and so the bigger ones and so and, and honestly and this goes this goes to anyone that has bought one of my bucktails if one of my bucktails has failed in any way you contact me i'll i'll rebuild it for you no cost and send it back to you no problem no questions asked like you just get in contact with me and i'll take care of it it's not about money for me like i'd rather have people having something that they like and that they want to fish um i will always replace things if they fail always 100 percent. that's i mean that is awesome of you because there are some guys that won't even have that conversation but i want to finish here so i i love this bucktail this is my favorite bucktail out of all of them and i think it is because i am a single blade guy i don't know why i've always liked single blades i've always been in my spinnerbait fishing it's always been one single Colorado blade and I just love the flex on this. And this is probably my favorite skirt pattern. I love purple. I don't know why I love purple, even purple crankbaits. Uh, purple catches a ton of fish. I think yeah, with yeah. this flash and the blue, I just, I absolutely, there's sometimes I'll be honest with you guys. I take this out of the box and just stare at it um, like on a Friday night. And I do that with a lot of my baits. But this is this one of my favorites from this year. I like that. This is this is the one right here. This is the one that I think I just absolutely love everything about this. And actually, I think when we were talking last year, I asked you about making one of these, and you just happened to have this. Yep. Here's another one. This is also purple. This is like the the uh, purple and purple and gold. Oh, I mean, it's, it's purple. I really more like a Lakers. I just, I just like colors. I mean, I, I just, I feel, I feel like, like life. We got enough boring, shit, you know. We got enough regular shit in life. Like, if you, if you can't, you know, if you don't enjoy things and if you don't like kind of step outside of your comfort zone, you're never going to, going to, you know, really move forward. And that's why with colors, with painting, with everything, is just kind of like I just want to do something a little bit different. It may not be any good. It may suck. Who knows? Guess what? It's not my job. Like it's not how I. It's not gonna. It's not how I put food. It's not how I put food on my kids' plates. So guess what? Okay. On that note, we've gone. Oh my god, <laughs> two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, probably like two hours. This was fun. Um, this is a lot of fun, guys. Oh yeah. This was. Uh, this was a good one talking bucktails and. You know, oh, and I think this was, this is something that I like to do because, you know, you with, with making something like this, this is a labor of love, you know, even, even though this isn't your full-time job, you know, this is a, a hobby. I, I honestly think your baits are going to, they're going to catch on around here. More guys are going to throw bucktails. There's a lot of guys casting bucktails that are having a lot of success, particularly on our river systems, Allegheny, the Mon there's a lot of other rivers and, and creeks and stuff. So 
you know, these baits, I, these are going to, these are going to sell and guys are going to catch a ton of fish on them. And I just think, you know, this is awesome stuff. So I'm excited to see where you go from here. You know, well, I'm, guys excited, I'm, I'm excited. I'm glad we, we, we got to do this. I mean, this, we've been, we've been talking about doing something like this for a long time. I think the four of us have, have always uh, have gotten along and, and I mean it like this past year, while 2020 has sucked uh, for sure. I think all of us have, have, you know, had an opportunity to fish with one another that we wouldn't have had, uh, you know, maybe if it weren't for the, the odd circumstances that are going on in this world right now. So I, I for one, I'm thankful. I'm thankful to you, Ryan, for, for having this channel and, and for taking the time. And, you know, dude, you know, it's a thankless job. You know, I, I know it is. And, and you, you do a great job, man. And I know I watch your stuff. I, I know a lot of people watch your stuff and like appreciate the amount of time and effort and thought that you put into these things that I think, I think people don't, don't like give any credit for, you know, like stuff like that. So like, no, we wouldn't be able to be, we wouldn't be able to have these conversations if you, if you weren't doing this, you know, just like all the other guys doing podcasts, you know, like it, like we all listen we all listen to these pod we all listen to podcasts we love them you know we love all the musky podcasts because yeah. we can all like if, if there was a musky drug we would all be i you know we'd all be putting it in our veins right now it's because it's it, it so so whatever you can do you know to 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 get more of that out there i'm in uh, i'm i'm all for it ryan i think your channel has always been has always been great for that for like the beginner saying hey look a regular person can get out there and do these things i appreciate that i appreciate you guys but yeah we'll just uh we're gonna keep going we're gonna keep fishing big o's try to get some fish in 2021 so yeah I'm looking forward to it so uh just a recap real quick big o's bucktails can find you on where uh, really just Instagram, uh, Big O's Bucktails. I also have uh, my YouTube channel, which is Big O's Bucktails as well. Um, there's not a ton on it. I, I haven't put anything up in a year, but I will. If everyone, uh, you know, let me know if you want me to put anything up. I, I definitely will. Uh, I, I can, I'll do just about what it, anything anyone wants. I mean, I'm, I'm open to anything. All right. And if you guys want to see the fish that are caught on Big O's, Tom, where can they yeah. see that? My only fans is um, <laughs> or I mean, my Instagram is at Pennsylvania. Tom, Tom the sticker guy. Yeah, oh, got them mixed <laughs> only up. Only fans. <laughs> yeah, get them all mixed up. My my Instagram is at Pennsylvania Monsters and Facebook at Tom Vanatta. And I mean, message me if you want to talk musky or bucktails, whatever. I'm I'm always talk pictures, talk stickers, or that. They actually, don't talk to me about those. <laughs> And Nick, Tom the, Tom the sticky guy. Nick, you're on Facebook, you're on Instagram, you're all over the place. You're yeah, just Nick Fiesler, nothing crazy. All right, all right, well, hey guys, I, I I greatly appreciate everybody, uh, you know, taking the time and fishing Big O's bucktails and wearing wearing Big O's bucktails sweatshirts and bro staff hoodies and you know let's let's do this, man. Let's just have fun. I mean, that's what this is about. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Have fun. All right, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks for the time. All right, fellas. Thanks, Ryan. All right. Thanks, Ryan.
All right, Yins, guys. We had about a two-hour conversation on bucktails. We talked a lot about Big O's. We talked about his straight model, and we talked about this flexi model. Very, very cool stuff from Owen. He's going to continue to create awesome lures, awesome bucktails, and really, he's going to continue to grow his hobby. So if you guys like this video, hit that like button. If you guys like this content overall, please subscribe to my channel. Do me a favor and go out to Big O's Bucktails on Instagram. Give him a like. Give him a follow. You know, it's, it's worth supporting these local guys, especially guys like Owen. You know, they're just genuinely good human beings. They care about their customers. And they really just want to put out a good product that's going to continue to catch fish. All right, guys. Support your local bait makers. Go out there, Big O's Bucktails. Go out there, check out Tom Venata, Mr. Pennsylvania Monsters himself on Instagram. And you guys can always send me or Mr. Nick Fiesler a message just to chat fishing, talk muskies, talk local fisheries, all of that good stuff. All right, guys. Again, I thank each and every one of you guys for your support, um, especially over the course of the last three years and especially over the course of the last month or so as I've been trying to get into this video casting thing. Hopefully you guys are enjoying it. Leave me a comment if you like it. Leave me a comment if you think it sucks. Leave me a comment if you guys wanna see something in particular and I will get that on the radar for an upcoming video. I've got lots of stuff to talk about. I've gotta look at PA regulations still, the changes that we've had uh, for this 2021 season. I've gotta do a lot of what I've learned videos, like what I've learned trolling in 2020. Um, we're going to take a look at a couple other videos here. You know, just talking about multi-species stuff and what I have coming up. We are going to continue to do a lot of video casts. I've got a lot of people that want to come on and talk musky fishing. I've got a lot of people that want to talk fishing in general. So hopefully we'll keep this thing rolling. And again, I greatly appreciate all of you. I hope everyone is warm. I hope everyone is healthy. And I hope you guys can get out there and do a little fishing at some point here real soon. For now, guys, we'll just say tight lines. We will see you next time.